0: And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, we conclude our study of the Old Testament book of Joel. The bottom line questions are found in this book. From the payment section, am I saved? From the valley section, does it pay to serve the Savior? And from the Jerusalem section. How does it all make sense? Three attitudinal bottom lines from the book of Joel are, be alert, be humble, and be burdened for the lost. And now, with this message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott.
1: Verse 21, And I will avenge their blood which I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Jerusalem, the home of Messiah. The rather pitiful situation which the Christmas carol Thou Didst Leave Thy Throne described will be totally remedied one day. What is that pitiful situation which the Christmas carol depicts? The foxes found rest and the birds their nest in the shade of the forest tree. But thy couch was the sod, O thou Son of God, in the deserts of Galilee. Oh, that's going to be remedied. It was first coming truth, but there will be second coming truth. And that truth will be that King Jesus will reside in Jerusalem and he will sit on David's throne and he will rule the whole earth. The Lord Jesus will one day say, not what he said at the triumphal entry, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, and he wept over their hard-heartedness. One day Jesus will say, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, my home, sweet home. And so I need to conclude this sermon. And I need to ask the man in the pulpit, I need to ask my friends in the pew, what hits you the most? What hits you the most from chapter 3? Let me ask you, are you saved? If you aren't saved, then payment should hit you the hardest. Because your sin creates a sin debt payment which you simply owe to God. You think the IRS is bad? If you're not saved, you have a sin payment that you owe God. Your sin creates a sin debt payment which you owe him. And any religious or moral efforts you could do will prove in God's sight to be grossly inadequate payments for your own sin. And This being the case, friend, without Christ, you are careening toward receiving a punishment payment from God. It's called hell. Jesus had more to say about it than he did about heaven. Hell is not here and now. Hell is future and real and literal. It's conscious, gradiated, everlasting, isolation, and punishment. The people who say, I'll party with all my friends in hell, don't get it. It's perpetual darkness and isolation from anyone else, mostly from God. If you're not saved, Payment should hit you the hardest in this chapter, and on behalf of the Savior, I invite you to be saved. On the other hand, if you're bothered by bad guys getting ahead right now, and if you wonder if loving and serving God, quite frankly, is very much preferred over sinning, then valley should hit you the hardest, friend. Because one day in the valley of Jehoshaphat, Christ the judge will deal with unbelieving, wicked, idolatrous, Gentile nations. He will. For sure. Christ will come to that valley of decision as the supreme warrior. And he will win by the word of his mouth. And the blood will flow to the horse's bridles for 200 miles. And the birds, the carrion birds of the air will be summoned to eat the flesh off the bodies from the least to the greatest who rejected Christ. Oh yeah, a valley should hit you if you really wonder if it pays to serve the Savior. Finally, maybe you're saved. And maybe you know that it does pay to serve the Savior. But maybe you are just struggling to make sense of all the current events that you live and see, the wars, the rumors of wars, the earthquakes, the floods, the epidemics, the global economic collapse. You do notice that the economies of the world are collapsing. Greece was on the thread of being totally economically obliterated. And if Greece fell into that economic state, she would be the first domino in the entire European Union. How do we make sense of this? If we're trying to make sense of this, then I would submit that Jerusalem should hit us the most. The Lord Jesus Christ commanded us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because all of human history revolves around Jerusalem. Accordingly, it's only prudent and wise to hold things like wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and economic collapse and pestilence to hold all those current events right up against the template of Jerusalem. It all begins to make sense when we see the evening news reports and the internet blurbs of the world events. They all make sense only as we hold them up to Jerusalem and what God has said about Jerusalem in his book. Praise the Lord that he's spoken in his word and he hasn't stuttered. And praise the Lord that he not only has a plan, but he has it totally under control. And what he has purposed and decreed and planned for human history will happen. And it's happening. May we be alert. May we be humble. May we see people as Christ sees them, not with a balance sheet, not with an. A, Resume of education: not with a race, not with a socio-economic bracket. But may we see people as Jesus does, as either sheep or goats, either saved or lost. If we see people that way, it'll change our priorities, how we spend money, how we spend free time, what we talk about. He is king. He is sovereign.
0: He is savior. He is Lord. Thanks Pastor Rob for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers.
2: Good one. This is Pastor Nicholas and this is another edition of Youth Talk. And today we're going to start a series talking about friendships. And the whole series is entitled Through the Fire. You know, kids have just started school and, you know, many things have come up like tests and all these different things that they may be thinking of. That, but the reality is that one of the most important things that they're going to have to face this year is the friendships. And what their friendships, whether they honor God or they don't, or the people they surround themselves with, do they bring them closer to God, or are they people that um, are there for them? We need to understand even now as you're starting off school, choose your friends right. Choose friends that are going to be there for you when things are tough. Choose friends that are going to be there when, you know, people put you down. Choose friends even when people come against you, as we're going to look at this morning. And as we think of friendships and we think of the Bible, we could think of two. Um, as we think of David and Jonathan, uh, these were considered best friends. They would do anything. And in fact, as we consider the life of David, David was a man, as we know, in First Samuel chapter 16, he defeated Goliath. Now he's going to be the next king. And now we have reached. First Samuel chapter 18, and we can look at verses 1 to 11. It says this, When David had finished speaking with Saul, Jonathan was bound to David in a close friendship and loved him as much as he loved himself. Saul kept David with him from day one and did not let him return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as much as himself. Then Jonathan removed the robe he was wearing and gave it to David Along with his military tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt, let me just pause there for a second. As we see here, their relationship is is growing. Their relationship has become close. Where basically Saul has taken David in. Here it is. Jonathan is saying, "You know what? I want to give, you know, David all these things." So we see that this relationship, everything has started off great, even with with Saul. But what we're going to see is how jealousy came into Saul. How how jealousy played a role and. We're going to look at a story where we can think of some of our friends, some of the friends that our parents tell us that we shouldn't keep. Now, what we have to understand as we think of this story is something different because this, this David and John and friendship was from God. But we need to understand, look at our own friendships, and, and we know that there are people that we shouldn't be friends with, people that truly bring us down. And sometimes we look at our parents and think, well, why is my parent telling me don't hang with so-and-so? It's because our parents know a lot. They know what's best for us. They know they're there for us. They know what can happen. And even sometimes as I consider my own life, um, I can think of people who, you know, my parents probably told me that I shouldn't hang out with. And I look at my life now, and, and they were so right because, you know, now as I consider my life, I'm not friends with them no more like that. We don't hang out like we used to because we're going in two different directions, But as we consider as as a Christian young person, we need to look at friendships and look at relationships that are going to bring us closer to God. And, you you know, so many times we need to find people that that are going to be there for us, that are surrounded. As we think of Jonathan, Jonathan is willing to do whatever he can for David. As we pick it up in verse 5 of 1 Samuel 18, it says that David marched out with the army and was successful in everything. Saul sent him to do. Saul put him in command of the fighting men, which pleased all the people and Saul's servants as well. As the troops were coming back, when David was returning from killing the Philistine, the women came out, and all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul, singing and dancing with tambourines, with shouts of joy, with the three-string instruments. And they danced, the women sang, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. Saul was furious and resented this song. They credited tens of thousands of David, he complained, but only credited me with thousands. What more can be, have, but the kingdom? So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. We see here as, as, the, as jealousy comes in, because here it is, David has taken the spotlight off of Saul. Because here it is David has killed many, and then the women have understood, and then they saw this, and they basically said, look, David's a better warrior than you. David has done all these things. He's, he's just a better man than you. And so we see jealousy has come in. And as I started off, we have to understand Saul took David into his house to be there, to live with them. So when I consider this, and and we consider what we see here, we see jealousy is coming into play. We see a problem is getting ready to start. We see where a father is getting ready to really resent his son's friend. And it goes on in verse 10, it says that the next day an evil spirit sent from God came powerfully on Saul, and He began to rave inside the palace. David was playing the lyre as usual, but Saul was holding a spear, and he threw it, thinking, "I'll pin David to the wall." But David got away from him twice. As we think about this, I don't think. Hopefully, there would be no one who would take it this far. Where a parent would take it this far to try to kill their their sons or daughters' best friend. But what we are seeing here is something that that really molds who David is. David is a man who followed after God and man after God's own heart. David is trying to do whatever he can for God. And that's, what he, that's why he's doing what he's doing. But we see here Saul is jealous. Saul allows the evil spirit to enter him and it allows him to get, be so jealous that he wants to kill. And I think that when we consider our lives and we consider our friendships, as we consider the people that we have around us, we want to surround ourselves with people that are going to be there for us people that are going to look out for us. And I think that as we consider David and Jonathan's friendship, and we will look at this later on as we continue in this series, but they had a bond that was deeper than than just being a friend. They were there for one another. They looked out for one another. And I want to ask you, what type of friendships do you have? Do you have friendships that you look out for one another, that you're there for one another, that no matter what, um, happens, you're going to be there. You see, what happens all the time is we will surround ourselves with people who we think are there for us. But when the tough gets going, they leave us. When things come up, they leave us. And when we consider through the fire, and we consider something that, such as steel, when we go through the fire, steel is made stronger. When we go through fire, friendships, those that will last, will be stronger. Those will make a more of an impact. We will see a difference. But we know those friendships that we need to get rid of because when things get tough, those friends leave us. So I want to challenge you as we start this series. I want you to really search your life. Search your relationships. Search those you surround yourself with. And ask yourself, are these people bringing me up? Or are they pulling me down? Are these people that... I'm happy to say they're my friends or, you know, I, I'm scared to tell my mom and dad my, they're my friends because I know what they will think. And if that's your case, if that's the case of your life, as you consider, you know, I don't want to tell my mom and dad, these are my friends. Well, they probably aren't friends that you want to keep. You know, we need to get rid of some of our friends because some of these relationships will bring us down. So again, I want to challenge you as we close. Look at your friends. And ask yourself that simple question, are these friends worth everything that I do for them? Or are they friends that are here for a time, a season, and they're not going to be there when the tough gets going, when the, when the fire comes? And I want to challenge you to really ask yourself that question. This is Pastor Nicholas, and it's been another edition of Utah.
0: And now, today's personal God story. I'm very pleased to be in the studio today with Danielle Bradshaw. Hi,
1: Danielle.
3: Hi, Pastor Rob.
1: Uh, Danielle, you are the mother of four, and uh, I understand that your fourth pregnancy was very difficult. What troubles did you have?
3: Well, on September 9th, 2006, I took ill suddenly and unexpectedly. I was at that time in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I experienced severe pain in my upper right side, where my liver is, and was rushed to the hospital and had to have an emergency C-section. During the C-section, the doctors saw that there was bleeding from my liver. And um, to make a long story short, because of time, I was diagnosed with HELP syndrome, that is spelled H-E-L-L-P and stands for hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, low platelets. I also suffered liver, kidney, and lung failure, along with a host of many other complications, and a prolonged stay of five months in ICU. As a result of my prolonged hospitalization, I developed muscle atrophy of my arms and legs. I have since regained full use of my arms, but my legs still have some weakness
1: my the lord uh, brought you through so much I, I know that i've heard from others that you're really a walking miracle of god's healing and help danielle how did you see your lord's hand in and through those medical complications
3: well i saw the lord's hand throughout my entire ordeal from providing an opening in the ic board at the hospital where I was to be airlifted, because they had called two times. Both times they said they were full. And the third time they called and said that there was an opening. Mm -hmm. Putting the right surgical team of doctors and nurses in place, providing financially when my medical insurance was exhausted, and healing me from the many medical issues that I experienced. And I continue to see God's hand at work in my life every day.
1: Beautiful. Uh, I've heard it said that uh, trials, extreme trials in life like you have been through uh, will either make us bitter or better. And it's so lovely to see that you have deepened in your trust in the Lord and, and your desire to honor Him with your life. That's marvelous. Would you say, Danielle, that that particular time in your life strengthened your faith in God?
3: Yes, it most certainly did strengthen my faith as well as my family's faith, we had a saying that we were riding on the wings of a prayer because many times that was all that we could do, pray and wait for God to work and and answer our prayers and the prayers of those from here in the Bahamas and literally from around the world.
1: That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. And the Lord heard those prayers, and in accordance with his will and power, he, he healed you. And, and it's just such a pleasure to see you doing so well and, and recovering. Danielle, what would you want to say to the listeners this morning, especially to the listener who is out there sick, him or herself sick, and frankly, tired of being sick? What would you share with that listener?
3: I would say to them, Don't give up and keep praying. Although there was a time during my illness that I wanted to give up and die because it was so painful and difficult, I didn't. With the encouragement of family and friends and my determination to get better and, of course, God's miraculous healing power, I am here today with gratitude to Almighty God for all that He has done in my life. Although I am not 100%, i've come a very long way and i will continue to trust god
1: yes indeed thank you for that encouragement and and, and listener if you are listening this morning and and they don't seem to have a medical answer for your problem or you're wondering how you'll find funds to pay for the treatments that may be recommended may you just be encouraged today that the same lord that has helped Danielle, is there to help you in whatever way that he sees best, and that you can rest in him and you can trust him and and he's a trustworthy Lord. He's the true and the living God. Danielle, do you have some favorite Bible verses, a Bible verse or two that you would like to share?
3: Uh, Yes, I do. And um, I'd also like to say, um, first of all, these are the words of an African pastor, Andrew Murray. Reasons for worshiping God in times of trouble. We are here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, and for his time. Mm-hmm. My favorite Bible verse is Proverbs 3, 5-6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Another one is Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth.
1: Danielle, that is such a beautiful um, pair of verses that you've shared, and, and they're so dear to my heart as well. And as you're sharing your testimony, and and as I was thinking of how the Lord has really raised you up from death's doorstep to be able to be giving this message uh, for God's glory here on the radio, I was thinking of the promise of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. That's really what's happened in your life, isn't it? That the comfort that God has had for you in your distress has been more than enough comfort. It's comforted you and your family But it's also spilled over to be enough comfort to be comfort to those who are listening this morning who are struggling with health issues. And uh, it goes on to say, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. And so I just praise the Lord with you, Danielle, that you've been able to share the Lord's comfort that is your experience with others who are listening today, so in need of God's comfort. I would just love to pray for you and with you. you. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for Danielle and for the wonderful, true story she is of your mercy, of your power, of your faithfulness of your healing hand. And Laura, we just commend her further to the healing grace you have for her going forward. Thank you from where you have brought her to where she is today. And may this story, this testimony be used of you in many lives other than Danielle's today. Those who are listening in pain, in distress, uh, discouraged, perhaps tired of being sick. Lord, Lord, May they draw nigh to you, knowing that you will draw nigh to them. And Lord, may they experience the comfort that is theirs from you so that they will have comfort enough to give comfort to others down the road. Thank you for this special time in reviewing your goodness and faithfulness and promises to your word that you've kept. And we ask your continued rich blessing upon Danielle and her four children, upon her involvements at the Calvary Bible Church and beyond. And we pray these
0: things in Jesus, our healer's name. Amen. It's time for answers to your questions. We urge you to take a moment and get a pen and paper and take down the references used so that you can do your own study later on. We here at Echoes of Calvary are always excited to receive your letters of support and your questions, which we seek to answer right away and also here on the show. You can send us your letters at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Today, Pastor Elliot draws from Carl Laney's excellent book, Answers to Tough Questions. This book was published back in 1997. And once again, here is Pastor Robert Elliott. Galatians 6.16 gives rise to the question, to whom
1: does Paul refer when he writes, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God? Many commentators suggest that Paul is referring to believing Gentiles, them, and believing Jews, the Israel of God. By adding the phrase, and upon the Israel of God, Paul singles out Jewish Christians for special mention. But one wonders why Paul would argue neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision in Galatians 6 verse 15, and then distinguish the two believing peoples in the very next verse. A better solution is to understand that Paul is identifying believing Gentiles with the Israel of God. And conjunction, the conjunction and, or Greek chi, between them and the Israel of God is epex Haven't said that word for a while. Identifying the two as one. And the chi might be better translated even. In verse 16, Paul brings the argument of this epistle to a pinnacle, Gentile believers don't need Jewish ritual because no one can be justified by the works of a law, Galatians 2, verse 16. There is no difference spiritually between Jewish and Gentile believers, Galatians 3, 28 and 6, verse 15. The whole Christian community, believing Jews and believing Gentiles, constitute the sons and daughters of Abraham through faith, see Romans 4, verses 11 and 12, and verse 16. This affirmation does not undermine the distinctiveness of the Jewish people in biblical prophecy, nor detract from the specific promises made by God to ethnic
0: Israel. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at EOCradio at gmail.com That's EOCradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684 Nassau, Bahamas. And remember... Everyone needs a savior.